0: Oh, I so enjoyed that song. If you saw the gray man over the weekend as I did, then you get that for sure. Well, I can't believe it myself and you're probably not going to believe this, but Vaughn Palmer is on vacation. Yes. For the first time since the beginning of, I think it's the pandemic. So like more than two years, Vaughn has taken a couple of well-deserved weeks off. That's okay. Don't worry. We still have someone incredibly capable to take his place. In fact, Rob Shaw joins us now, political correspondent for Czech News and all oh, so much other stuff. Rob, I don't even know. Can I list all of the things that you do right now?
1: No, you don't have to do that. Vaughn doesn't list all of his incredible accomplishments. And you're right. He is. I, I've never heard of him taking vacation, Man. but he had a grandchild. And I think that changed everything.
0: It really did. I know I've been talking to him about that. It's amazing. So, Rob, I want to make sure people can get to know you for the couple of weeks you're going to be doing this. So let's start with something very significant. Did you watch the Picard season three trailer that dropped at Comic-Con over the weekend?
1: I did. I'm a big Trekkie like you are, and I was burned hard on the first couple of Picard seasons. They just, oh, I wanted to love them so much. They weren't there, but season three, it's got my heart. It's got my heart, and I hope it treats it uh, well because it's very fragile when it comes to Picard (laughs) these days.
0: Listen, I got a little too excited watching the trailer because I thought, are they all coming back? And I hear... That Brent Spiner's coming back, too. Not as Data, obviously, for if people who watch Star Trek know why. Um, it's a spoiler alert. There. I know. I know. Yeah. That's why That's why I didn't go into all the details. But okay, he's coming right. back, too. So this one I'm excited about. But you're also watching that new Star Trek show, and you're you're telling me it's great.
1: Best Star Trek since Star Trek The Next Generation. If you're a Trekkie and you're not watching Strange New Worlds, which I think is on Crave. I'm not entirely sure where you can stream it. Oi, are, are you missing out? It's a return to form, I think, of Star Trek.
0: Okay, so that's just one thing we're going to learn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to come up with a new Rob Shaw fact every morning <laughs> that we're going to be talking to you. But right now we're also going to talk provincial politics too. And it, feel, it feels like so much has happened over the weekend, but Friday afternoon, once again, big news, this one having to do with BC Ferries. What happened?
1: Yeah, the CEO of BC Ferries was... Uh, a, actually fired uh, on a Friday afternoon, which is always when things uh, occur in government that no one wants to talk about. Uh, It wasn't unexpected because we've been seeing, uh, obviously, the cancellations of of sailings and crew shortages and uh, big lineups and angry customers. But also, you know, Simi behind the scenes, there was a lot of tension. There was kind of a, a, a little bit of a war going on between Mark Collins and the current NDP government over how the ferry system has been run. For several years, a a couple stories that go back to the two sides clashing during the pandemic when ferries tried to lay off people uh, and government was trying to convince everyone to keep their staffs whole during the crisis. And then also, uh, this was quite a one where uh, during the pandemic, BC ferries tried to cut service to a bunch of the smaller islands, including the home of the then transportation minister, Claire Trevena on Quadra Island. Uh, and that did not go over well here in uh, the, the uh, NDP government as well. And the, it was really a matter of time, I think, before this happened. But, you know, if people out there want to believe that the ferry system is still kind of this private company without political interference, I, I don't think you can come to that conclusion after watching the government uh, go after the CEO uh, on Friday.
0: Right. So they're claiming it is arm's length. But what changed recently? Because they replaced the board, right? And the chair. It's Joy McPhail.
1: Yeah, there's a couple things like Joy McPhail, obviously getting the job less than a month ago and having her first, I think, meeting uh, with Mark Collins to fire him. Uh, she is a former NDP cabinet minister brought in by the current NDP government to fix things. Like she was chair of ICBC when it decided to go to no fault insurance. There's, it, there is no possibility that this did not happen. Uh, you know, because of or directly because of uh, the influence of the premier's office uh, here in Victoria. She's brought in to do the bidding of the NDP government. And so that's how you make the direct political connection between the premier's office and the NDP and the firing of Mark Collins. And it's just the beginning of what will be more control exerted over BC ferries. And you can argue, as the opposition liberals are, that the minute politicians start getting their sticky little fingers on the ferry system that things start going wrong back to the 1990s and the fast ferries. Or you can argue, we dump a lot of money into BC ferries. We should have better control as a government on it when things start to go sideways and there's these big uh, lineups and angry people. So it's going to depend on on uh, how much you like BC Ferries, I guess.
0: I so I wonder about if this was the most opportune time to do this, given that from the general public, anybody who uses Ferries is going to say, I don't have a problem with this because it seems like it's been quite the craziness and, you know, it's not just performing the way it should be.
1: Yeah, and again, you know, the argument from BC Ferries is the pandemic Uh, The current they've made an argument that the current healthcare system uh, and the delays and and difficulties people have finding medical care has contributed to more employees being off and not just off, but the key employees, captains and specialized positions. And suddenly the boats can't sail and that they had no control over that. Others argue B.C. Ferry should have been well, uh, better prepared, had uh, better H.R. strategies, and they kind of appear to have a lot of tension and morale issues with the union. So yeah, this was a, a convenient moment. For government to act on what it was always going to do, which was remove Mark Collins from the CEO's position because of the way that he's gone up against the government behind the scenes. And you're right, a lot of people are going to go fine. But if the replacement, whoever it is, can't fix these HR problems, healthcare problems, pandemic problems, uh, it'll maybe just be an expensive um, kind of political execution from the, the premier's office uh, for a problem that is not as easy to fix, perhaps as uh, as we might think it is.
0: Yeah, I think you just nailed it though. You said this is going to take money, right? So if the government is going to have to pour more money into it, hard to argue that they're not connected to BC Ferries.
1: Yeah, it well, it, it I mean, that's the core conundrum of BC Ferries. Is it gets its money from the province, it has one shareholder, it's a, considered a private company, but it's not really. And uh, you know, the, the question I think people have to ask themselves is, do you want your politicians back in control? Do you want them responding to when you're angry at what's happening there? The lineups, the buffet still isn't open, uh, the the car alarms that go off, or do you want them out of the system? And which do you think is better? Because once they get in, there, there are going to be things that will happen on the day-to-day management of BC ferries, where they build their ferries, whether it's in British Columbia or elsewhere, the costs, the fares, the service levels. Uh, you know, it, it's a weird system in the sense that it's, it's kind of private but really we all know it isn't private and the politicians are touching it but we all know they should keep their hands off and um, uh, this is just kind of a very brazen activity that it was hard to imagine this happening without kind of direct orders from the politicians to to get rid of the ceo
0: okay so what do we know about the search for the new ceo and is any of the people responsible here are they going to talk about this at some point
1: That's a good question. You know, Joy McPhail is turning down interview requests. Uh, The transportation minister says, oh, no, uh, we can't talk about this because BC Ferries is independent. So no one's talking uh, about it. There will be a search done. This is going to come with a price tag, though, before that's even uh, occurred. And that is because Mark Collins worked at BC Ferries for 18 years. He's halfway through his contract. He had another four years left. So his termination, which is without cause, it uh, gives him a severance package of at least a million dollars, uh, probably more than that. And so the BC Ferry Service has to come up with that money. And then it has to go out and find another CEO and the CEO is going to take a look at this job. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I, you know, if they're coming from BC, they might understand the sensitivities of our BC uh, ferry system. But if they're not, they might think, "Oh, wow, this is this is a great job, free and independent, in a private company to manage our ferry, <laughs> coastal ferry service." That yeah. is not what's happening. But on paper, anyways, that's that's kind of how it looks. So um, the next CEO will be a very fascinating pick if they have any connection whatsoever to uh, the NDP government or. The movement behind the NDP, um, that would be another pretty good sign of the tightening of control over there at the corporation.
0: So it's safe to say this whole process and the next CO is going to be very closely examined.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the, the current government does not want to be embarrassed on BC ferries. They represent most of the ridings on the coast. They represent, you know, downtown uh, urban Metro Vancouver and the capital region. They don't like to look like they are somehow starving the system because they scored a lot of cheap political points on the previous uh, B.C. Liberal government for the way it was handling B.C. Ferries. And they just can't, they just fundamentally don't want to look like they're doing the same thing. And so that's why they are going to take tight control over this and micromanagement uh, it until something happens.
0: All right, Rob. Listen, thank you for that. We're going to talk to you tomorrow.
1: Okay, live long and prosper, I guess. Is that how we end our (laughs) segment? Oh, you know what?
0: I think you just started a thing. You for sure just started a thing. (laughs) Thanks for that, Rob. Take care. You do. That's Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News. He also has columns that you can read, too, uh, online. And he's going to be filling in for Von Palmer for the next couple of weeks. And we're going to learn a lot about him, too. If you want to weigh in on the whole BC ferry situation, let's hear from you on that. Simi at cknw.com.